Welcome to Chapter 3 of Health System CIO's Health IT Influencer Spotlight with former CIO Bill Spooner. In this segment, Spooner talks about why he believes that even though interoperability is far from perfect, it's also better than it's ever been. The barriers that still exist in creating a national patient identifier, and why, despite retiring, he plans to stay in the healthcare IT game. When you look at the work that, that you do as part of the, the, the CHIME policy team or, and everything going on there, I can imagine that things like um, interoperability is uh, something that comes up a lot. Do you think that the industry is taking steps in the right direction to deal with what has been such an enormous challenge? I think if you look back to even five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it's, it's night and day. Now, mm-hmm. clearly we're not there yet. And Sometimes I get uh, disappointed because it seems like you're trying to boil the ocean. Some of these policy groups come together and they try to think of every single last use case and we're going to solve it all before we solve anything. But when you look at basic exchange of data, that's happening so much more and so much more effectively than it did. It's still far from perfect. The CCDA document is a large chop data rather than precise data that the physician may need to treat their patient, so it makes it a little bit cumbersome, but it's still making progress. And you don't realize just how much work it takes to get to a standard, to get to a standard in so much detail. I get a kick out of the long-term comparison of healthcare data exchange with the ATM at the banks. Mm-hmm. You know, the ATM has one unit called dollars. In healthcare, you've got a few thousand data elements that uh, need to be standardized across organizations, and that's a much more challenging job. I heard a person a couple of days ago comparing it to the interstate highway system, the railway systems. Well, we had standards that got us the railroads. That's not any different than standards that get us in healthcare. Well, come on. The width of the track and which way it's going as compared to those multi-thousands of data elements. So the work that we're doing in trying to drive it in the right direction is really rewarding. I think you know, it's probably a little disappointing for all of us that we've been proclaiming the potential for IT to help patient care for so many years. And the High Tech Act came along, and that really accelerated it. But then the expectations more than were realistic in terms of how fast that you could get to some of the, you know, the standardization that's required to exchange data effectively. Right. And that seems like an area where it really is helpful to have the perspective and sometimes to be able to point out, you know, we have come a long way, even though there's, there's a long way still to go. But I imagine that there's also frustration with things like patient matching and how we still haven't worked with that challenge yet. Yes, I'm glad to see that organizations besides Chime and Hims are now pointing that out. I just saw yeah. a letter from Pew Research yesterday that calls it patient matching. Now, they're calling it patient matching because everybody's afraid to use the term of patient ID because of the, all the opposition from people concerned with privacy. Right. Um, but you, when you hear organizations that have done some analysis and show that their matching rates are only in the low to mid 90%, it means 5% of your patients may have an incorrect medical record because you've either left some data out or you've merged it with somebody with a similar name. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of scary from a patient safety standpoint. And when you're looking at this idea of a trusted framework that embraces the whole nation, you're likely to get some really dangerous data matching when you, when you have patients that are totally different and with different conditions. So, and that is scary. We need a solution to that. 
Yeah. That is encouraging, as you said, to see some other organizations talk about it so it's not chime just beating on this drum and, and instead that's something that's being talked about on a wider scale. So that's, that is a good thing. There's some influence in Congress that still gets in the way. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but it's really a barrier and, uh, and somehow we need to overcome it. And, you know, and I will acknowledge that a numbering system isn't going to be perfect because not everybody will have a number. There will be errors, but it's got to get better. Right. We're really expecting to be able to fluidly exchange data, even for the people who, uh, who try to make healthcare exchange as simple as uh, sticking your debit card in an ATM machine. The reason that stuff works is because you've got a number on it. Right. And you need right. it to yourself. Yes. We still hear those comparisons, and I'm sure that it, that has to be really frustrating because we're talking about such complex, different uh, worlds, but eventually people will start to realize that uh, it's not even apples and oranges. It's apples and something very, very different. And the other challenge, which I think probably we all recognize, but we don't talk about that much, is that within an organization, the way that providers document and the terminology that they use varies from provider to provider. And think about it, you've got these physicians who are the brightest people in the room. They went to medical school and went through years and years of training. And part of this training is so that they could deal with almost any kind of a condition. They weren't taught to be robots. They were taught to be resourceful, brilliant, innovative, find a way to heal your patient. And, right. and we're trying to move them into a model where their data become more standardized. And yeah. I, would, I wouldn't like it if I were the physician and you suddenly told me I had to change and everything that I'd learned needed to be adapted. And so some of the delays in getting the technology in place is probably good so that we can nudge the providers along to a little bit more commonality. Semantic interoperability and artificial intelligence help. But again, that adds to the cost of healthcare. Yeah, there's so much involved and a physician, a nurse, their most important job is patient care. And, and of course, the last thing people want to do is make that more challenging or make them feel like data entry clerks, as we've heard. But also, you know, we know that it can move to a better place eventually. It's just getting there. Absolutely. Okay. I know I could talk to you longer, but uh, we've covered a lot, and uh, it's been really interesting to hear your perspective and honest assessment of where we are as an industry. And on one hand, we've come a long way, and there's a lot of potential, but on the other hand, there are a lot of barriers to get through. So um, looks like you're going to be busy for a while. Well, I think a lot of us are going to be busy for a while. And when I retired from the full-time job four years ago, I hated to do it at that time, but really I was ready. But yeah. I hated to do it because there's so many exciting things going on in healthcare that I continue to want to be part of, and that is exciting. Yeah, so it's good to, to get to be part of it just uh, in a different way right now, on a different level. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Bill, so much. This has been really interesting and really fun, and uh, I hope that I can speak to you again uh, in the near future. Thank you, Kate. Good to talk with you. You too. Yeah, Enjoy day. your weekend. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.